0: Welcome to the Color Chaos Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today. My name is Jonah Fair, and I'm coming to you from Macomb, Michigan. It's such an honor that you are here, whether you are watching or listening. But Regardless of wherever today finds you of how you are partaking in this podcast, there's a color in the chaos when instead of leaning into the chaos through our own strength, we lean into our creator, savior, sustainer. Every bit of the process. So no matter where today finds you, there is color in the chaos. When instead of leaning into the chaos through our own strength or our own ability or our own understanding, we lean into the chaos with a heart of humility saying, Lord, I want to know you more. That we have a creator, savior, sustainer that can produce a color even out of the most dark chaos of our life. And so here, let's pray and then we'll jump into today's episode, episode 122. I'm really excited about what it is. I feel like the Lord's put on my heart to talk about today. So here, let's pray and then we'll jump into it. Lord God, just thank you so much for another opportunity to be able just to come to you with honesty and vulnerability. Lord, I pray that those that are listening or watching this can do that as well. Lord, we are nothing without you. And Every bit of our heart longs for every bit that you are. But Lord, I pray for those that maybe right now do not yet know you. Maybe they have a lot of different ideas about who you are. But at the end of the day, Lord, you have a name and you truly reveal yourself to us. So Jesus, we call upon you. We need you. I pray that if there's somebody that's been hurt today that feels overwhelmed or burdened or anxious, you will just draw near to them. Give them a peace. Give them a clarity. Give them a soberness of heart and mind in order for them and for us to be able to respond to you today. We need you and we thank you. And it's in your name we pray and we surrender. Amen. Amen. If you haven't listened to episode 121, I would highly encourage you to do that before we jump into today's episode. But if you don't want to and you're like, hey, I'm here now, then awesome. Welcome. Around the time I was recording last week's episode, I had a dream. As I was just thinking about, okay, Lord, what what, what is it that you want me to talk about on this week's episode? I kept going back to that dream that I had a couple weeks ago. And I was just thinking about this whole idea that we talked about last week about the need to be present and how the Lord has created today. And today is all we have. The past is dead, the future is non-existent, but we have today. And I know that we talked about that last week, but I wanted to continue with this whole idea of today. And so the dream that I had, it was it was very interesting. It was almost like I was at a like a wave pool at like a water park. And there was just this body of water, and it was just like a downward slope of this body of water. And all around this body of water, there was darkness. But at the very end of like this wave pool or this body of water, there was like this big portal. And within this portal, I knew that through that portal, there was a big battle, that there was this massive battle that was going to take place. And it was a battle that each and every one of us had to go through. And so the beginning of this dream found me just kind of looking at this big portal in this kind of eerie environment, to be honest. And I was with a group of people, and one of the people within that group was actually my little brother, which was very crazy. Um, But I had my little brother there, and I knew that this group was about to go through this portal, and I was just talking to the group, and nearby, there was some resources that was available for all of these travelers that were going from where we were there into this portal to fight. And I was just telling my brother, I was telling this group, just that guys, you know, this is going to be really intense. This is going to be very, very, very hard. And the whole reason why I was able to tell them that is because in my dream, I knew that this battle that they were about to go fight was one that I already went through. And I was talking to the group and I was encouraging them like, look, guys, let's stock up. Let's let's get as ready as we can for what's about to happen. And I remember just spending my own money on trying to just to get them as equipped as possible. I remember going above and beyond, you know, what I felt like they needed because I didn't want for them to fail. I didn't want for them to die and so i just loaded them up with all these resources and i was telling my little brother that like hey like we need to take a moment right now to pause and almost like it, as if it's it was like a video game and you you have an opportunity to save like a checkpoint that no matter what happens you can always go back to this this point and I was telling my brother of the need to do that, but he was just kind of, kind of, you know, saying, "No, no, I, I don't need to do that. Like, I'll be, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. I'll be fine." And every time I would tell him, like, "No, this is rough," like, and I was telling him, like, "Look, you can die in this battle." He was just like, "No, no, no, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. I'll be fine." And so I, I couldn't convince him. So I just said, "Okay, guys, like, you know, I'm going to stay behind, and I'm going to pray for you." all along the, the, the time that you are gone. And so there they go. They, they go down, they go into the water, and then they go through this portal, and then I don't see them. And as soon as they go through the portal, all that I remember is that it was just absolute darkness. And I knew ahead of time what was about to happen. I knew as soon as they went through this portal that there would be just a spiritual, just warfare that would be all around me. So immediately it's just darkness, and I just close my eyes because I don't need my eyes anymore, and I'm just there, in the same place where I was before, but now it's just utter darkness, and I immediately start praying. So I start praying to the Lord. I start just pouring out my heart, and immediately I can just feel all of these just like demonic spirits around me. And I wrote down this dream just because I, you know, sometimes after a dream the details get a little murky. But I didn't want to forget the details of this dream. So I want to read this. This is from my journal. And this dream took place, I guess, the night of March 1st of this year. I wrote this. I had a dream last night that a great battle was taking place. And as those were going into the fight, I remember my little brother being one of those that was getting ready. It was almost like a video game. And I kept telling him to save because I knew that he would be defeated. However, he refused. I stayed behind because I had already fought earlier and overcame. It was like I was just allowing those that had not yet gone to do so themselves. I knew that I couldn't fight the battle for them. But before they left, I made sure that my little brother and the group of people that he was with was prepared for what would help them be successful. Over time, I felt demonic spirits around me in the complete darkness after the group left through the portal to fight. I felt and heard lies and oppression around. However, it was like I knew that that would be coming ahead of time. So when I heard and saw things that were not true, I combated it with the name of Jesus, and I repeated any bit of the Bible that I knew in my mind, and I put that on my lips. Even though I felt demons around me, I knew that nothing could take away the victory that was already achieved through Jesus." things started to get really confusing at times. However, I just clung tighter to the truth. I noticed that as I said Jesus out loud, it was almost like it was muffled. But even though I could hardly hear the word Jesus come out from my mouth, I just said it louder and louder and louder and louder. And through it all, even though it was hard to hear it outside, inside, nothing can dull the volume. Eventually, I realized that I was dreaming, so I forced myself awake, and I immediately reached for my phone to put on music that declared the name of Jesus. I couldn't help but feel that the same war that was around me in my dream was taking place as I awoke. As the music played, I reminded myself of the truth. The tingly feeling and fog that I was feeling started to lift from me. I also went on Facebook and I saw a post from an hour earlier from a fellow follower of Jesus saying that she also was praying and asking for prayer from a restless night. It was comforting knowing that I was not alone in the fight. Jesus, you are our God. I am yours. Thank you for winning the war. Thank you for the security and the confidence that you give that nothing around us can rob. May we know the truth. So that we don't succumb to the lies that want to blind us from this eternal security and truth. Through every dream of demonic attack, the only thing that rebukes the overwhelming darkness is your name. Jesus, the only thing that rebukes the overwhelming darkness is you. I've had dreams like this before where there's just some type of demonic spirit. And I've shared many of these dreams before on this podcast and there's, there's another one that kind of comes to my mind now, but I've had dreams before where there's just been this demonic attack. And the only thing that I knew to do within those dreams was not to recite all of the, the knowledge that I had, but the only thing that came to my mind was the name of Jesus. And that was the only thing that I knew would be stronger than that, which was, you know, threatening to attack me or attacking me in my dream. And I was just thinking about this from last week and all the way till now, just thinking about that in each season that we go through, that we can be settling for so much less if we don't know the confidence that comes through knowing Jesus. We can be settling for so much less than the best that the Lord has planned for today if we don't know the confidence that can come through knowing Jesus. Each and every day that the Lord gives us, we are in a war. We are in not just a war of flesh or economics or political war. We are in a spiritual war for our souls. We have a king and a kingdom that goes far beyond any king and kingdom on this planet. Yet so often we can settle for less than that king and that kingdom, because we're so focused on the kings and the kingdoms here. That we've missed that we do not fight wars amongst one another. We fight wars against an enemy that is hellbent on stealing, killing, and destroying everything that our creator created, and everything that our creator desires to redeem. We have a God that created us with a plan and purpose that goes far beyond anything this world can offer. But each and every day, there's a war for your heart and my heart to dole down the confidence that comes through knowing Jesus as Lord. Lord, meaning master, meaning king, meaning God over all, sovereign, holy, just, pure, a God that is present, a God that cares, Again, a God that could do immeasurably more than all that we can ever ask or imagine. And we know that through Ephesians 3.20, but we know everything that has to be known about Jesus through his word. And I was just thinking about that word confidence, confidence, confidence. What if we... Went into each and every day with a confidence, not through our own strength, not through our own ability, not through our own giftings. But what if we spent each and every day with a confidence through the Holy Spirit of God that comes to us when we surrender our lives to Jesus? What if we knew the confidence that we can have in Jesus that overcomes all of the darkness, that overcomes all of the chaos, through all of the darkness? There is a creator that has created not only us, but created a way for us to know him and be reconciled back to him through Jesus. In John chapter one, John is writing and he says, in the beginning was the word and the word was God and the word was with God. Then he goes on later, he says that the word became flesh and dwelt among us. The word of God that became flesh and dwelt and lived among us is Jesus. Jesus is the word of God made flesh. And that same word of God that spoke everything into existence, that gives us the very air that we breathe, that gives us the the very heartbeat that we have in our chest, That same God, that same word that speaks life into existence became flesh, lived a life that we couldn't live, died the death that we deserve. And through him, we overcome death and sin and decay. We overcome the enemy that wants to still kill and destroy. As Jesus says in John chapter 10, verse 10, that our God has created us for a life that is abundant. But we have an enemy that wants to still kill and destroy that abundant life. And for us to settle on the shallow and the meaningless and the temporary. There were some verses that stood out to me about this confidence because I just get so burdened sometimes because I know what it's like. I know the game that I played for so many years of my life and that we play for sometimes for all of our lives and that even the word says that narrow is the way to Jesus, that not everybody gives their heart to Jesus narrows the way that many will will neglect and few will find. And I'm burdened about that because I just think about how many people that maybe know about Jesus, maybe know about, okay, yeah, there's a life, an abundant life through Jesus. They maybe know all of these theological concepts, but they've never embraced the confidence that comes through Jesus through having a relationship with him. And I'm just burdened by that. And a verse that stands out to me, is 1 John chapter 4, verse 4. And this is what John says in 1 John 4, verse 4. But you belong to God, my dear children. You have already won a victory over those who claim that Jesus is not Lord because the spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit who lives in the world. Another translation says this, little children, you are from God and have overcome them for he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. John is talking about through Jesus, we have a confidence that no matter what lies of the enemy, no matter what evilness and brokenness that the enemy wants to afflict upon us physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, no matter what the schemes of the enemy is, we have a God that is greater than anything that the enemy can do, anything that people can do or say. And again, there's this confidence in saying that my identity is found in Jesus. My strength is found in Jesus. In that dream, when there was that war taking place, I didn't resort to any other ways to fight the enemy besides the name of Jesus. And I'm just reminded that that is what it is like here and now. That's not just in dreamland, that each and every day we respond to the lies and the attacks of the enemy of God the enemy of a king and a kingdom that goes far beyond all of this. We respond to the enemy not through our own wisdom or our own understanding or our own plans or whatever. We respond to the enemy through the name and the declaration of Jesus. We look to his word to be the confidence that we have that will help us know what the truth is when it gets murky, when it gets difficult, when it gets dark. In that dream, even though, yes, it was uncomfortable and it was hard. I mean, it was so hard that I forced myself awake because I was just like, I don't want to be here anymore. And as I woke up, I still sensed that I was in that war. It wasn't just in my dream. And I immediately just reached like I was like a little kid, just desperate for something to to to, to help. And I reached to what would proclaim the name of Jesus, And there was even a confidence that washed over me by knowing that I was not alone in the fight. As I talked about through this this journal entry just you know I I you know like many of us when we are kind of restless we kind of just open up our phones and and I was just on Facebook and I just saw a post from a from a woman that I haven't talked to in a long long time but she was just saying hey guys like I've I've been having a restless night tonight is there anything I could be praying for and it just reminded me that we as people are not alone in this spiritual war But God gives us community through those who know him. And through community with the church, with the body of Christ, we are able to be encouraged and reminded of the confidence that we have in Jesus. So we can overcome all of this brokenness, not through our own strength, but through Jesus, who is greater than anything on this planet. I also think about this verse in Hebrews 4, verse 16. And it says this in the NLT, it says, let us come boldly through the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it the most. I'm going to repeat that again. I'm going to read it from the ESV this time. Let us with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace in our time of need. And the verse right before this in Hebrews 4, verse 15, it says this For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but we have one who was tempted in every way that we were, yet he was without sin. And that is where the confidence that talked about in verse 16 comes from. We can go boldly to our God through Jesus, who overcame anything that we may feel like can overcome us. I also think about verses such as Ephesians 3.12, which says this, In him, in Jesus, and through faith in him, we may enter God's presence with boldness and confidence. Or Hebrews 3.6, But Christ is faithful as the Son over God's house, and we are in his house if we hold firmly to our confidence and the hope of which we boast. There's so many verses that, again, go to this whole idea of confidence. For instance, Romans 8, verse 15 through 17, and this is what it says. For you have not received the spirit of bondage, again, to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, where we can cry out, Abba, Father. And then verse 16, the Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Again, I am just very burdened just these last couple weeks for those that maybe are listening or watching this right now, and you don't have that confidence that could be found in Jesus. And one of the ways that we don't have that confidence in Jesus is because we don't know what he promises through his word. We don't know who he is through his word. We don't know what the promises are. Heavy hearts, so often we fall for the lies of the demonic attacks of the enemy because we don't know that there's a confidence that could be found through Jesus. Jesus is not just a religion. He's not just a concept to be adhered to. But he is the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, and we can have a relationship and a confidence directly with him through a heart that cries out saying, "'Lord, my life, my heart is yours.'" And even if you have not yet surrendered your life to Jesus, all it takes is what Jesus says. It takes just a mustard seed of faith of just saying, Lord, help me. I want to believe in you. I want to know you. There's so many times in the scripture where our God promises, look, if you draw near to me, I would draw near to you. And he even says, look, when you don't draw near to me, I still draw near to you. I think about Psalms 139, verse 23, 24, where David cries out to God. He says, search me, oh God, know my heart. Test me, know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in your way everlasting. Within that Psalm, I'm always reminded that God, we can come to you and invite you into this messy process of where we're at. I also think about Jeremiah 29, 13. Where God tells Jeremiah, look, if you seek me with all of your heart, you will find me. May we not fight this war against the princes and principalities of the demonic kingdom through our own strength, our own knowledge. But may we use the word of God against the same enemy that is hell-bent to spread lies that go against the very word that speaks everything into existence and the very word of God that saves us, Jesus I attended this conference recently, and at this conference, actually this last weekend, it was a women's conference, which was really interesting because there was no men there. But the person that was leading this conference reached out to me, and she asked me to help do tech at this conference. And I was just like, okay, cool, you know, this would be kind of neat, you know, be a part of like a conference that normally I would never have been invited to. But I have this opportunity to be a part of this conference. And there was some many, many, many speakers that spoke at this conference. It was it was streamed through the Internet. There's two speakers that stood out to me. The first speaker is Christine Kane. Uh, she's uh, she's a follower of Christ, and and she was just having a conversation about just the bigger picture, about the king and the kingdom that goes far beyond all of this. And the second person that stood out to me that I recorded to share with you today is Francis Chan. He's a former pastor uh, from a church out in uh, the west side of the United States, and he felt the Lord uh, during his time as pastor, he felt the Lord put on his heart a, a burden to not just pastor here in the United States, but to go overseas, specifically to China, in in one of the most hostile places on the planet. And I wanted to share these two talks with you. And as I share these two talks with you, there's going to be a lot of information that is shared through these two talks. So I just want to encourage you, no matter where you're at today, no matter where you're at in your walk with Jesus— Just for these moments that we have together through these two talks, may we just let our guard down. May we just respond. May we have a heart of humility saying, Lord, help me, help me, help me, help me. I want to know you more. I want to have this confidence that Jonah talks about. I want to have the confidence that can come through knowing you that your word promises. The conference name was If if gathering. And this is from this year, 2021. And so this is Christine Kane. And again, right after this will be Francis Chan.
1: The gospel is going forth. People are being saved. I guarantee you we're gonna get testimonies of people being healed. The conversations about around racial reconciliation that we're having are not, um, they're not just kind of going from one side to the next. We actually took steps. Today when you guys were talking, I was sitting over there watching and I'm thinking, we've just moved forward. We're, we're not circular anymore. And I said to Latasha when she came out, I said, we, we've moved forward. It's like there is this sense that we all wanna move forward together. We want the gospel to go together. So if you've got eyes to see and ears to hear and the Holy Spirit is so present, we are living in a revival. This is like, we don't need to go back to the book of Acts because we're living between the two advents of Christ. We've had a resurrected Jesus and He's coming again. Our job as the church is to have this eternal perspective that Jesus is coming again. We're doing all the good we can with all that we have, with all the time that we have right now, but we're not gonna fix it all this side of eternity. That sky is gonna split. He is gonna come back. There will be a new heaven and there will be a new earth. And because I'm urgent about that, that makes me want to fight for racial reconciliation more than ever. That wants me to help uh, work to rescue the victims of human trafficking like the work IJM's doing. To help all of the work that is happening. It doesn't make me um, pull back. It makes me want to do more. It wants me to get the gospel and the Bible translated so that everybody hears it. Because we could be... Guys, you're watching this right now. We could be the first generation in modern church history that could usher in the second coming of Jesus Christ. What we are here to do, that is our job profile. I don't care if you think I'm a stay at home mother, um, you know, I'm a homeschooler, I'm a corporate CEO. When you're at dinner tonight, you tell everyone, when they say, what do you do? Go, I am personally responsible for the evangelization of planet earth before the second coming of Jesus Christ. That is our job profile. That is what we are on the earth to do. And right now we are doing doing it to hundreds of thousands, what will become millions of people in one session, every stream of the church, every ethnicity, every race. We are saying we are unifying under the umbrella of Jesus Christ. We are not diluting anything. We are not minimising anything. We are not changing anything. We are orthodox. We believe the Word of God. We believe the whole council of Scripture. And we are declaring and decreeing that our Lord, you know, He came, He was crucified, He was buried, He rose again, He's coming again. If that ain't good news, I've got nothing else for you.
2: Yeah, I'm like looking up for the sky to split right now while you're talking.
1: History.
2: I'm like, yes, let's just I mean, I, I I could not agree more. And I think my prayer has been that this would would end the discouragement, that there would be totally. courage that rises up in everybody watching that goes, gosh, I'm not on the losing team. No. And we are not we are not weak and, and impotent here. Like we we've been given a team, we've been given a mission, we've
1: been given the tools let's do something. Well, totally. And if you think that God and through the work of if, now, now Jenny's been like this before if was if, um, when it was in her spirit and she needed like a Pentecostal to help her explain yeah, it because she didn't true. know what was happening I know, I know. And thank so you for Pentecostalizing me. She would call me. I'd be like in parking lots for three hour conversations because yep. she didn't know what was happening. But this is what the Holy Spirit was doing. So you will can thank me later. Yeah. And so the fact was that um, the Lord, this was always on your life. God put it in you, this revival spirit. And this has become a revival movement. I've watched it. I, 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 we talk all the time, but I've watched what the Lord's done. I'm like a mother in the faith yeah. now. I'm 55 this year and I'm loving it. I am thank God that I'm alive to see what this is happening in your generation. And it's like the Lord has put the infrastructure in place. So, we, you know, our if locals, all the things that you set up where people are like things being online. God was doing all of this in preparation for a great end time harvest. When you look at it now, you go, we couldn't made this stuff up. You could not have made this up. And so the infrastructure is in place. If locals are in place, community is in place, even us having to be online this year in the way that we are, I think it's the Lord pushing it more to make sure that you're in community, to make sure that you find each other, to make sure that online we are all connected in the way we need to be because we are getting ready for the greatest end time harvest. I'm not just making this up. Read your Bible. It's in your Bible. Jesus cannot come back till the whole world is evangelised and And so ultimately, more than me living my best life, I need to be setting up this planet for the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is all about, and oh, sorry, I left you hanging. I'm not cool, everyone. I'm not cool, okay? I don't even know what that means. My kids tell me that. And so at the end of the day, um, it's harvest time. And I'm not even being a prophet. I just happen to read my Bible. I'm a Pentecostal that reads the Bible. So 2,000 years ago, Jesus said, lift your eyes up. To the hills, okay, the the, the fields are white for harvest. He said the harvest is plentiful. 2000 years ago, he said that. So you don't need to go, oh God, I pray for revival. I pray for harvest. God's like, honey, I told you 2000 years ago, the harvest is plentiful. Guess what is few? the laborers. So God goes, I think I might just set up If Gathering. I might get you in tens of thousands of homes all around the earth, every continent, every culture, because what I'm doing is mobilizing laborers. I don't need intellectuals. I don't need theologians. I don't need uh, superstars. I don't need entrepreneurs. I don't even need influencers. I need laborers. God needs laborers. He doesn't need influencers. And now you're at home going, oh my gosh, since last night, everyone's telling telling me, I'm a laborer, I'm a laborer. He doesn't say that the churches, he he says the laborers are few, not that there's not enough churches, there's not enough Christians, there's not enough books, there's not enough CDs, there's not enough tapes. There's enough of all of that. What there isn't is labourers. So it's harvest time and we got all these if girls all across the globe, every country, every continent going I can be a labourer. I don't need a degree to be a labourer. I don't need to know the Greek, Hebrew or Aramaic to be a labourer. I just need to know Jesus. Jesus Christ crucified, buried, risen and coming again. That is good news. So it's harvest time. Roll up your sleeves girls. We are in harvest time and labour time. That's revival.
2: I am watching something on the ground. And you know, I've talked about this Gen Z. Yes. They're special. Very. Right now, a thousand girls said yes to host an event on on college campuses. Come on. I know. And, and they're just sitting there cute in their little room taking pictures. And, and what I, what I know is I've seen something on their lives where they are, they are zealous and, and there's, and I want to say this to to all of you that are older because I think we've got to, part of this is we've got to labor to to give this next generation yeah. this book. Oh yeah. Like we've got to be people that, you know, I grew up in Awanas and that many of them would say they've never had anybody disciple them. They've never memorized scripture. They've never learned this book, but they're zealous and they want to give their lives to Jesus. So talk about how we actually go back build this into the next generation?
1: Yeah, it, I mean, we're saying that everything has to be rooted and grounded here because um, zeal without knowledge is really dangerous. Right. And um, a, a zeal without biblical knowledge can actually be destructive. And so if you want your Christianity to go the distance, um, it has to be rooted and grounded on, this word, on the Word of God. But what I'm finding is Gen Z actually wants an unfiltered, unadulterated gospel they want someone to say take up your cross and follow me. They want someone to say, crucify your flesh, deny yourself. I mean, these are things yep. that we almost skipped in the millennial, I mean, if you if you like, deny yourself, crucify your flesh, take up your cross. It's like, get thee behind me, Satan. I wanna do, uh, you do you, boo. I'm like, that's the worst advice we've ever given to a whole generation. I'm actually trying to spend my life going, no, the best thing you can do is not you, boo. What we need to do is do Jesus, boo. And so what we have with a whole younger Gen Z is a generation that says, I want something that costs me. I I want something that I can lay my life down for um, and then pick up Christ's life. I want to live for a cause that is bigger than me. And you're not gonna find it in the next self-help book or the next, you know, 10 steps to any. People don't need, and Gen Z, I don't believe, is looking for five steps, 10 tips, or uh, tell me how to live my best life. What they want is to be rooted and grounded in the Word of God, unfiltered, unedited, hardcore, This is what it's going to cost. This is the idol. We've all got our own idols and we've all got to lay down our own idols, whatever sphere of life that might be in. But I'm seeing something because when you are willing to lay down your idols, take up your cross, follow Him, I'm telling you, then you start to enter into a realm where you see, and when I'm talking signs, wonders and miracles, um, of course I'm talking about the supernatural power of God, but I'm also talking about a supernatural ability to live a very natural life. And so you have a supernatural ability to walk in love, in joy, in peace, in kindness, to actually uh, deal with the racist stuff in your heart, the sexist stuff in your heart, the misogynistic stuff in your heart, to live in a world full of compassion, full of grace, full of mercy. So it has very natural Application as well as believing God for the supernatural signs and wonders and miracles at the same time. But if this is not your foundation, and if you are not, the Bible says, that the Lord even said to Joshua, listen, you can go in and you can have victory. And in our case, you know, we can possess our spiritual promised land. But if you do not read this book and be careful to do, so obedience is part of the deal here, do everything that is written in this book to do, then you will make your way prosperous. You will have great success if you do what the Word of God uh, says what we want is the success of God without obedience to the Word of God you are not going to have those things together and you don't have to dilute this and you don't have to be apologetic for it there's a whole lot lots of us don't understand but at the end of the day um, in a sense to me, this is half of what makes God, God, because there's so much I don't get. And there's so much I don't like. But Jesus didn't say I have to like it all to follow him or I have to like it all to obey him. Jesus didn't even say I have to like him to obey him. We're so much in we want our boyfriend Jesus. There's some stuff that Jesus asked me to do that I don't even like. But in my obedience to him and the fact that he is King Jesus, I am not. He is God. I am not. That I have to lay down my life, my plan, my purpose, my will to him and his word. If I do that, then I believe we're gonna going. to see the revival we believe in God to see
2: I want to see that yet I there's no doubt there's some barriers to this and there's barriers specifically I I want to speak to the West right now I know there are so many different countries watching but but majority are in the West and I think the East has a lot to teach us as we've talked about this whole time you're seeing everything all over and you've lived most of your life on the other side of the world so talk about what are we doing to get in the way
1: yeah, I think we want to help God. We, we, we want to add Jesus to what we're doing. We don't want to drop everything and follow Jesus. And so that's the difference. Jesus said, drop your nets and follow when He called the disciples. They were not saying like, uh, how long will I drop them for? How long am I going to follow you for? And where are we going exactly? And What about my 401k? Uh, If I drop these net, like they didn't, uh, Jesus said, but there was something so compelling. There was something so magnetic. There was something so attractional about this call from Jesus that the Bible says, immediately they dropped their nets and followed. We don't have a generation that's immediately dropping nets because we're not making it compelling enough. We're not making it costly enough. We're trying to dilute it to go fit Jesus in to what we've turned a Christian call into a Christian career. If you make this a career, then you're going to be always what's in it for me. How do I build my brand? How do I build my profile? How do I build my influence? How do I build my followers? And we are still so consumed with how many are following us that we don't care how many are not following Jesus. So if we get to the point about if I'm consumed every day, how many are not following Jesus, then I will do, I'll become all things to all men. I will lay down whatever I need to lay down. I will need to be quiet when I need to be quiet. I will need to not say things. I will need at times to be overlooked. I will. Need, there are things that I'm just, I'm going to do for the sake of the gospel. But if Jesus is just something that I add to enhance my career, then He's not the King of my life and He's not the Lord of my life, He's an addition. So in the West, uh, you can turn your Christianity into a career. Where I come from, and in many of the countries that we work, you can't turn it into a career because you're gonna die, you're gonna gonna be beheaded. I remember coming out of Qatar and I'm just thinking like, I remember, like I think to this day, I'm the only person that's preached outdoors in Qatar. So there were 16,000 people, this outdoor stadium and um, literally, Nick and I were on our knees before, and I'd already said goodbye to my girls, and I said, and I'd finished my will, and this was like just two years ago, just before the pandemic, and I went, Well, at the time I was 53. I said, This is whether I believe this stuff or not. This is it. Do I really believe Jesus Christ is my King and Lord, and that if I die, I die? Like, this is it for proclaiming the gospel. And we were there with all, anyway, I won't go into all the details, but there was this thing, and I was on my knees like praying my last prayer like, and, and I hugged Nick and I went, well, this could be it. But I knew, I thought at least I believe this stuff. If people think, man, she is just a full on excited Pentecostal fruit loop I believe it. I'm sincere. <laughs> That's all I'm saying, man. I really believe this, yeah. and I would rather really. I've drunk the Kool-Aid. Yeah. I've drunk the. Kool- this is not a career. This is a calling, and yeah. it's not like well, I'm not called to be Jenny Allen, or I'm. Not, we're all called to be followers of Jesus. Yeah. We're all called to lay down our lives. We're all called to drop our nets and follow Him. We are all called to make Him King. We are all called to bring His kingdom to come here on earth as it is in heaven. That is not just an elite career choice for a few Christians okay. in the West. It is a calling for every follower of Jesus Christ. The problem is with many of us, we have made it like an optional, it's kind of like on my selection of spirituality. You know, some people are Buddhist, some people a little bit of yoga, some people a little bit of Jesus, a little bit of, and Jesus never gave us that option. He never gave us that option. So in countries all over the world where it costs you everything, it costs you, what we're coming into and what we first, our foretaste over 2020 is a little bit in the book of Hebrews where the writer to the Hebrews is saying to those Christians where they were being persecuted and killed for, it cost them their their homes and their assets and their families to follow Jesus. They were Judaizers that had converted and they wanted to go Back, um, and then you know they go back because it's a lot easier. And I think what we've had is this: like, it's just a lot easier to have a cultural Christianity that fits into the Western, particularly North American, sort of just—it's—it's it's nice and cultural and cool. And Jesus is saying that there ain't no going back. That there is no going back to anything, um, what we have to do is drop our nets and move forward. And what a lot of us are discovering is we never dropped our nets. We added Jesus to our net and we added Jesus to our career choice. And He's like, "I I wasn't, I'm not like this like added thing for you. I am requiring an all of life commitment. And that's what's not cool because we've gotten distracted with causes, we've gotten distracted with issues, we've gotten distracted, and, and we've loved that because then we haven't been able to come back to what this is all about, which is the Lordship of Jesus. So for the last year, he's like, well, how about you go to your rooms? We have a little bit of time out. When my kids were young and I'd say, Catherine, Bobby, Sophia, go to your room. You are in time out. I want you to think about what you just did to your sister. I want you to think about what you just said. When you're ready, we're going to come out and discuss it. Well, what happened was they would come out And, you know, especially one of my kids is particularly stubborn. So she'd be like, you know, no, I'll go, you go back to, I feel like what the Lord's done to us for the last, is like, how about you go back to your room? You came out and you didn't think about it long and hard enough. And I feel like He's like, how about you go back to your room? And we've been in this spiritual time out where we've had a chance to really think about it. And I think that's why a lot of things were escalated, whether it was politically or racial injustice or with so many other injustices around the world and our own hearts and our own envy and our own greed and our own lust and all the things that we can hide when you're running, but they're, they're there. And God's like, have you all thought about it? Because you're all about to come out of timeout, and yeah. you're about to have the greatest revival you've ever seen in your generation. So if you can see it, you can feel it, you can hear it, you're gonna be part of it. And if you can't, you're gonna go back to what you think Mm. is normal, but that no longer exists, that no longer exists because what we've all, the pain we've all felt is the new wineskin being stitched. It's very painful to be stitched. And we've been praying for the new wineskin and we've been praying for the new wine and we're about to see it poured out like we have never seen it. I don't believe, I, I believe not in the 2000 years of church history. I believe even what's happening at this event is part of that. And God's like, oh, you, you haven't even seen the start of what I'm about to do with those of you that are willing to die daily, willing to take up your cross, willing to crucify your flesh, willing to pay the price of being marginalised because of your beliefs, because even um, with great love, with great mercy, with great compassion, we still have a very exclusive faith. Jesus said, I am the way, not our way. I am the truth, not our truth. I am the life, not our life. No one, and in Greek, Hebrew, and Aramaic, no one is no one comes to the Father but by me. That message in our current culture is considered extremely bigoted and exclusive. Forget all the other stuff. I'm just talking about pure gospel. Jesus Christ came from heaven to earth, died on a cross, buried, was risen and is coming back. That alone and is the only way to God is extremely exclusive and it's gonna marginalize you, period. Forget all the other stuff. You can be as contemporary and cool, culturally relevant as you think you need to be to be accepted by the world. But the linchpin of our faith is a resurrected mm. Jewish man that's coming back again. And we're saying there's no other way to God but through Him. It's mm. the best news on the planet. But in some circles, that's going to exclude you. So you've got to face it as a Christian. Yeah, You've got to face it. It's going to cost to follow Jesus, particularly in the West. particularly. But our brothers and sisters, when I was in Qatar, when I was in those countries, and I saw what it cost them to follow Jesus. When I was with 500 leaders of the underground church and... Um, they were 125 leaders from each of the major four streams. And they said, Christine, we, we invited you because we want you to teach us how to reach the next generation. Because when we had revival in China, it was predominantly in the villages with uneducated uh, people, because of course the communists wouldn't let them be educated. And we, we um, the Holy Spirit, saved us and the Holy Spirit would tell us where to go and where to meet and when the police were going to be and where not to go. So Christine um, what has happened with urbanization and industrialization we we've moved to the cities Shanghai Beijing and a younger generation has grown up and they don't think the Holy Spirit's cool and they look at the West and the clothing and the technology and the influences and they love all of that and so they think that Jesus is irrelevant. They think the Holy Spirit is irrelevant. So Christine, could you help us? That's what they invited me to reach um, Gen Z. And we were in a particular part of Asia and in this hidden hotel. And then this is what they said to me, Jenny, and this could be the way to end it. They said to me, because um, Christine, could you tell us? Because you have this ability to connect with young people. And um, the only we were never taught leadership, Christine. The only thing we were ever taught was, um, was how to witness to the prison guard on the way to our execution. And, and I just froze. And I, I, like I asked you my, interpreter, my translator to repeat, and they said the only thing we learned was how to tell our prison guard about Jesus, Jesus and the love of Jesus on the way to our execution. Like, I just froze right where I was. I literally right where I was. I got down on my knees and I said to them, I go, I don't really know why I'm here. but but I need you to know I'm not here to teach you anything. Whatever it is that you've got going on, whatever this revival fire, whatever is going to enable you to talk to your prison guard about Jesus, while they're gonna kill you because you're bearing the name of Jesus, whatever that is, that's what I want. I want that fire in my life. That's That's what I wanna take back to America or the world. I go, that's what I want. And I remember they laid hands on me and this is all before the pandemic, and something so fundamentally shifted in me yeah. that I thought, you know what? I, I, I've got nothing cool to give anyone, yeah. but we need Holy Ghost yes. fire. We need yes. this passion and this fire that says people could think whatever they're gonna think. Right. I, I love people. I want reconciliation in the world. I want I, I want, I would like people to like me generally. You know, I, I love, um, I, I, but you know, but nevertheless, not my will, but thine. Even Jesus, before he, he, he finished His work on the cross, before He even got on, He said, God, I don't want to do this. I don't, I don't want to do this, Father. If there's any other way, would you take this cup from me? And I think we're in this moment as we're coming, the world's going to open up again. There's going to be some of us and we're like, man, I, Lord, I would rather not have to do this. This is going to cost me. It's going to cost me some friendships. I'm going to be so misunderstood on social media. People are going to have assumptions about me and I'm loving, and this is gonna seem like I'm not loving, and I'm, I, I, I'm compassionate, this is gonna seem like I'm not compassionate, and uh, God, and we're going to have to be willing to go, nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. And I think we've had a year in lockdown to go, if there's any other way, would you take this cup from me? Yeah. Would you take it from me? Like, is there a plan B? Yep. And God's like, you're you've tried your plan B for a long time. You've tried to build your brands and your influences and your systems, and you've tried to flirt with the world and be loved with everyone, and you are there ain't no plan B. And so we, as we come to a close, even if we want to see the revival, you know, in Psalm 85, they came back out of exile in Babylon, and they, and we're about to come out of exile, in a sense, in our rooms, and they thought they were coming back to a Jerusalem. That would be like going for it. The temple's ruined. The city walls are broken. They're surrounded by enemies. They thought they were going back to normal. Like a lot of us think we're going to go back to normal. And the Lord's like, uh-uh, there ain't no normal. And then they cried out, Lord, would you revive us again? And I think in, in Psalm 85, it's revive us again. And there has to be this hunger in us because we lost that hunger for revival that begins with us that leads to repentance, that then spreads into a world that is transformed. But what we need is our own awakening and our own revival and our own hunger that says, revive us. We thought it, we were coming back to a normal and God's like, that, ain't, that, that does not live. It does, it's not gonna exist again. So we've gotta ask the church in the West in particular, Lord, revive us. Do CPR on us by the power of your Spirit to revive us and awaken us Again, to a spiritual realm. We've operated so much in the natural and yet we walk by faith, not by sight. That's what we say, that there, we do not war against flesh and blood. We've made so much of our war against flesh and blood, particularly in the last year, in the last four and five years. And we've forgotten that there is this spiritual realm and we need this come back to life where the psalmist said, revive us again. And there was a, a revivalist called Gypsy Smith out of England. And um, he was having this huge revival everywhere he went. The crowds got bigger. People got saved and the Lord did amazing things. The Lord saved people. He healed people, reconciled people. All the things that should happen with revival, it affects every aspect of our life and our very natural life. And the media all came to him. He was in New York. And all the media came to him and said, why are people coming? It was in the 1800s. Why are people coming to these meetings? Why are people getting saved? And and what is the secret to this? And if I end with this, this is what it would be. And he pulled out a piece of chalk. I wish I had a piece. And, um, and he, he said, this is what you will need to do. You know, he, he had a piece of chalk. He said, go home and go into your bedroom and lock the door. He said, when you lock the door, get out a piece of chalk or a pen or something. And he said, draw a circle around you as you're kneeled on the floor. And then put the chalk down and look up to heaven and start praying for revival for your nation. Start praying for revival for your city. Pray for revival and say, God, I ask You to send revival. And I ask Lord that the revival starts in this circle. Yes. And if every one of us all across this globe, metaphorically speaking, drew a circle around us and went, God, would You start revival with me in this circle right here, right now? hundred days from now, yeah, I couldn't even begin to express what we would see across this earth.
3: It's an exciting time over there, but we, we got to keep them in prayer because it's also a very scary time and very violent time right now.
2: I'm going to show all my cards here and, and tell you why you're a hero to me because I do think spiritual heroes are needed today. And I think the reason that your ministry has always spoken to me is that you've disregarded everything America has to offer. They've thrown it all at you and you keep walking away from it. And and there's a reason. There's something that God planted in you that that's clear that you you don't want to miss the main thing. And and I want you to describe if you can just that war and that tension of of getting caught up in in the wrong thing and and what you see specifically. And I mean, I want you to be bold here because there's a lot of people listening and all over the world, there's people um, probably in the places that you've visited and and hope to minister to. But there's also a lot of Americans and there's a lot of people in the West. And and I want you to to say the hard thing. I want you to talk about that internal turmoil you feel right now about American Christianity and and where we might be off and, and taking it in the wrong direction
3: yeah it's always weird to look back at yourself um you know like in an earlier phase of life or or when you leave the country and you look back at your life and you see how other people view america and when you're in it you just you just kind of caught up in it all you're caught up in the moment and you realize from an outside looking in there's almost like a silliness. There's a there's a busyness and a creativity, and oh check this out, check the, you know, and almost like this marketing fight for attention. And when we're talking about like this sacred being up in heaven, like like there's there, you don't see the awe of like, I can't believe I'm talking to him. You know one of my elders on Wednesday said we got to understand we're like we're like tissues on the surface of the sun like like it's going to take a miracle to come into his presence and not be consumed and you look at all the other faiths on the earth and there's far more reverence for God in them than what you see with Americans and what they say of Christ and so we've lost that sacredness and so it makes the message really hard to believe when you say you believe in this judgment by this almighty God. And yet the faith that you show looks very shallow, looks very earthy and, 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 I don't know, just simple things like, like, like the Psalmist saying, this is the one thing I ask, I just. I just want to stare at him. I just want to sit at the temple, not say anything, and just stare in awe of him. And who talks like that anymore? You know, we, we're talking about all these other things. And, and we say that we believe in this eternity with him. And, and yet people are so afraid to die So afraid of rejection. Um, We just really love this popularity and really gotten caught up. This this week, I've been trying to just clear my mind more because I see my mind getting cluttered by all this information and stimulation. And to where my prayers, you know, when Ecclesiastes says, guard your steps, you know, don't offer the sacrifice of fools by just talking because they don't know that what they're doing is evil. And so I've been trying to come before God and just, just with the Lord's Prayer over and over and over again this week and just stuck on that, hallowed be your name. God, I want your name to be so sacred. I want people to treat your name as sacred. And right now, even in the church, it's not held up as sacred. Uh you, you know, because if you say, "Hey, Jesus is going to be there," we're going to take the bread and the cup. That doesn't draw. But Jenny Allen is going to be there. John Piper is going to be there. Tim Keller is going to be there. Oh, oh, Francis Chan's going to be there. And it's like, oh no, no, no! God, this is Halloween. It has to be your name. How, how do we do this? And I've just been thinking, God, you know, John the Baptist, I must, I must, I must decrease. Like, it's it's not enough anymore for me to go, I got to figure a way. Oh, it'd be nice if people just came for Jesus. No, it's, we must, we must change this. We must, like in my life, I'm devoted to this, like I don't know how it's gonna happen. I don't know if I just stop doing things like this. I don't, I don't know what it is. Like I'll do anything to, to have his name lifted up and sacred again, where they hear the name of Jesus, and it's like oh, there's like this fear, this awe. And it has to start in the church. It has to. And then it spreads. That's what, what makes us want to go to other places is so that other people would have this awe over the name of Jesus. And so I'm realizing even for me, like, I need to have that. Otherwise, I'll go to other countries and I'll export the same casual idea of Jesus, my buddy, you know, rather than, hey, I'm going to tell you about someone. That even when I say his name, It just sends chills through my body because his name is sacred. You know, and to say those, you know, to to share that to those who've never heard of him. Like, that's, that's what I want to do.
2: It's hard to hear that. And I don't mean personally. I mean, I think we share this in common. That heaven feels very close, that God is coming back soon, and that we want to do this life well. And I think a lot of other people listening right now feel that same thing. And it feels confusing. It feels like, what is, okay, I mean, okay, everybody listening right now to this, I promise you, is thinking the same thing I am. Like, I'm in, I wanna please God. How? What does that look like?
3: I think the first thing, you have to start with yourself. You have to have those times. I say we start with silence. We have to learn how to be silent again, just in the presence of God. David doesn't say, the one thing I want is to come into his presence and say all this stuff. I just want to stare at him. I just want to stare at him. I just want to stare at his beauty. We need to, you know, like First Peter says, the end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be self-controlled. He talks about uh, self-controlled and sober-minded for the sake of your prayers. We've got to get our minds sober again so that when we try to be quiet in the presence of God, there's not a million things running through our heads, you know, diverting us. That's what I was noticing in my life. Oh, no, I'm getting that way again. I'm getting that way again. You know, so, so you didn't want to run. I take off the earbuds or whatever. I just want to think about God, meditate on God, have nothing else, no noise so that I can truly be in awe thinking about him on his throne in all of his glory with all of the angels and just go, our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Man, and just praying that over and over, not, not, not in an empty way, but in a deeper way every time. See, we think maturity is, oh, let me say it in a more creative way. No, 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 no. No, The mature, mature worshipers can come before God with just holy, holy, holy and say it over and over again, day and night and never stop saying it and mean it more each time and have a greater thrill of being in his presence. So I would say and be in awe. Of him, and 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 to get a pocket of people because our our faith is not just me and God; it is our Father who art in heaven. And and to get pockets of people to just be in awe of him and be able to sit in silence and not to be constantly stimulated by all this outside noise, but your own. Spirit spirits within you are just getting deeper and deeper more connected with God to think, man, I was we were created in the image of the Trinity we were created in this image where we could be one with God, just like Father, Son Holy Spirit are one and Jesus says, I want to be one with you, uh, and the Father the Son will make our home with you, will live in you the Spirit himself will abide in you and that needs to just be this awesome rush to us again and it needs to be a regular practice in our life so that when we're in awe, when we talk about him to other people, they can see it. They can see the reverence and they can hear it in our voices.
2: I hear hope in you. I I don't hear despair. Mm -hmm. I I think I hear excitement. that that God is moving and we get to participate. And you've seen that in a powerful way around the world. I want to talk about Illuminations because that's something that's going to come out Mm -hmm. throughout the next two days. And we're both so passionate about the ministry of Illuminations. But talk about what your passion is to see the ends of the earth have the word of God and the gospel.
3: Yeah, I, I mean, Jenny, everything I've been sharing right now is like my time in the word of God Brings me to these convictions, gives me so much life, but it's because I have this. As we look at this and I meditate on this, and I try to think, what if I didn't have access to this? Like that's insane. I mean, I started reading this when I was like 12 or 13, so I've been reading this for 40 years. And, and meditating on it, and it's shaped my entire life. So, so when other people say things, I go, uh, I don't know. You know when, when other people are doing things a certain way that, that are you know, not congruent with this book, I'm like, no, that's off. Why? Because this is the truth. And, and so I keep going back to it, studying. I'm like, what do you do if you don't have this? You just kind of guess? You just go with what's popular. And yes, I understand for the first 300 years of, of the church, they didn't have this. And the Holy Spirit did something and spoke. And, and there was an amazing time around the bread and the cup and, and the gifts that the Holy Spirit would give and continues to give. But I'm just saying, in my experience, having this blessing, I, I go, I, I don't know what I would do. And I've thought if I lived in another country and that had no access to the book, I thought, what would I pay to have access to this? What would I give knowing what I know now? Right. It's like everything, everything, because this is going to tell me how to get to heaven. This is going to tell me what my creator is like. This is going to tell me the most important things I need to know while I'm on this planet for how much longer I am. And so, when Illuminations, uh, you know, really pulled together the different Bible translating organizations and said, let's get this book everywhere, there's like, okay, I love this. Yeah. How, how do we do it? Where, where do we Where do we go?
2: I think we all did. We all felt that way. And what their vision was, was to bring every single translation organization together. This is just a banner ministry that brought them all together and said, in 13 years, we think we can reach the ends of the earth. Y'all, this is like Revelation stuff, because Revelation says that before Jesus comes back, every tongue and every tribe will praise him. And so the fact that we are going to be alive potentially in a generation that saw every tongue and every tribe get the word of God in their language. It just, it blows our minds. It's incredible, and we are for it. So before we go, we're going to talk more about it tomorrow. You can check it out um, at the website that, that is below. And, and then as we go, Francis, will you just pray for us? Pray for everybody listening to know what it means for them to, to put God first again.
4: Hmm. Yes.
3: Oh God, our father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. We want your name to be so sacred. God, right now we would love for you, the king, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth As it is in heaven, God in heaven, everyone bows to you. No one's trying to make a name for themselves. God, we want that on earth as it is in heaven. There's no divisions up there. They all just bow before you. We want the church on earth to be like that. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us Everyone who's listening to us, this day, our daily bread. There is no way we will survive even the rest of this prayer without you sustaining our life. We need you this day. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us, Lord. Forgive everyone listening for all of these secrets, all of the thoughts, all of the junk, Lord. In our lives. As we forgive those who've sinned against us. Who've offended us. All the trespasses, Lord. All those who've trespassed against us. And lead us not into temptation, God. This world has so much temptation. God, the the desire to be known. That the pride the opinions, the, the speaking, when we should not the lack of reverence for your name, God. Lead us not into laziness, all of these temptations, but deliver us, deliver everyone who's listening from evil. God, we can't resist the sin by our own power. Deliver us from evil, God, because thine is the kingdom and the power of, and the glory, forever. God, we are here for such a brief time, but your kingdom, your power, your glory is forever. So God, teach us, Lord, with whatever is left of our short existence on earth, Lord, how to make hallowed your name, and how to impact the people on this earth, in our country, in other countries, that they would lift up your name as holy God. That the name of Jesus would be revered again. That we don't just say that word, that it would never be a curse word again, Lord. But it would become holy, holy, holy. And it's in his name we pray. Amen.
0: I wanted to end with a song that is so special to me. It's such a very special and intimate song to me because in the song, the singer is just crying out, just saying, look, I am longing for you to restore to me what I feel like is lacking, what I feel like has been robbed. And the name of the song is Take Me Back. And it's by the artist Urban Rescue. And again, this is one of my favorite songs. And I want to play, for those that are watching uh, the the video of this podcast, I want to play a music video uh, that somebody made. And they put this song uh, to the video of this hiking trip that the son and father went on. And I feel like it so beautifully captures this whole idea that our God is a faithful father that walks with us through all of the journeys of life. If you're listening to this podcast, then just enjoy this song. Again, it is Take Me Back by the band Urban Rescue.